0: Hello guys, how are you? Thank you for joining me on the Tim Bowen Show. I'm back, uh, it's, there, there's been a few, uh, been few episodes lately. That, in case you hadn't noticed guys, Alberta's burning. I'm a firefighter, I put the wet stuff on the red stuff. And uh, so your boy's been busy lately, putting out hot spots, trying to keep Alberta from burning down, um, but I'm back. And uh, you know, we got a lot of important things to talk about. Um, Today, I wanted to talk about uh, something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's fatherlessness um, and, and specifically men's rights and, and family rights uh, around that. we we'll talk about the ways. We, we know, for example, that uh, fatherlessness is an epidemic these days. Men aren't in their, their children's lives. We know that there are all sorts of issues related to fatherlessness. Uh, if, if you want to increase a child's risk of, of drug addiction by 400%, remove the father from his life. If you want to increase the risk of unwanted pregnancy in your teenage daughter's life, uh, by over 200%, uh, alienate their father. If you want uh, to create all sorts of emotional and psychological problems, if you want to feminize, uh, young boys, if you want to make them, uh, hate men or hate women, uh, get father out of their life if you want to make sure they can't respect boundaries eliminate the father from their life you know fatherlessness can explain a lot of the stuff we're seeing today can't it i mean mental health issues are on the rise all sorts of things on the rise today and that has to do with fatherlessness and and so i've got a special guest today who's going to talk a little bit about why it is or or some of the reasons why it is that uh, fathers are alienated from their children and, and maybe not just fathers but uh some uh, sometimes it's women as well. Uh, but, you know, primarily it's fathers. And and that has a lot of, uh, you know, uh, that's very uh, important to our, our audience to understand, right? Because we're seeing this epidemic of fatherlessness. And, and let's find out why and let's find out what maybe we can do about it. So my guest today, guys, is Monique. Divorced, uh, She is the founder of the Parental Alienation Canada Facebook social media group, which is a group dedicated to education and support for parental alienation and shared parenting defaults. Although she started advocating for primarily men's issues in 2015 at Canadian Centre for Men and Families, CCMF, she created the gender-neutral movement for parental alienation in Canada in 2020. She saw a need to unite all Canadians targeted parents on social media to make a change to Canada's Federal Divorce Act. So, guys, join me in welcoming Monique. Monique, thanks for uh, hopping on today and discussing this really important issue.
1: Yeah, here's my shirt. This is the color of parental alienation awareness, this royal blue. And our our International Parental Alienation Awareness Day, we just had the 25th. We had flag raising in several cities across Canada. So that's April 25th. You can recognize this epidemic amongst our children.
0: Right now, now you, Monique, had um in your bio it, it, and from you know just knowing you kind of briefly in the past, you started out kind of in the men's rights field. Or I guess, or advocating for for men and the ways that they're kind of hard done by in family law and different things. What got you started down this pathway? Like you, you're not not a man, from what I could tell. Um, yeah, I'm not. But, but yet, you're advocating for. Guys, what what's what gives?
1: Uh, I don't like. It took me a lot of self awareness, and and I didn't even understand it first. while I why I was so obsessive about this topic? Like it just resonated with me. I think I've had the type of child abuse that I suffered from was a, a result of toxic femininity, and so mm. I have an intuitive understanding of toxic femininity and the link between toxic femininity and child abuse. Right. So that understanding. Um, so I I, I, a lot of people say I have a male brain as well. Like I'm very, you know, logical, like, yeah, I I don't think like woman in a lot of ways. And, um, also when I got out of school, I got into the STEM fields, I was working as a technical writer. And so I worked with, in a male dominated environment. And at first it was very isolating and lonely and when, and it helped me deal with, connect with my coworkers and become part of the, you know, the the culture in a male dominated environment to support men and understand their issues. So it, you know, it helped me deal with my own childhood trauma and it helped me at work um, feel less lonely. And so it's been very therapeutic for me. It's a therapeutic process for me to go to support men and get sucked into these issues. And so, yeah, but it took me years to understand why I was doing it and people would ask me and I didn't, I couldn't answer. So, yeah.
0: Did you have a father in your life? Monique, can stop me if I'm, I'm asking too personal a question?
1: No, about. that's fine. Yes, I did. Uh, my family is immigrants from the Netherlands. And so uh, my father's an odd man in a lot of ways. And so I kind of, as a child, I spent a lot of time alone because he had a lot of influence on me. He has a lot of social anxiety and he kept me away from people. And so I, but he is a good provider and protector, uh, like right. financially, but you know, um, but uh, in some ways, you know, when you're a teenager, you go out and make your own worldview and become your own person. And so that happened. But yeah, so he, you know, like he does love me and he bought me a car a couple of years ago when I got laid off so that I could move to Edmonton. So, you know, the, right. you know, the fathers, what fathers do for their kids, it never ends. Like I was in my 30s and he bought me a car.
0: Right. You know? Right. What yeah. uh, you, you described uh, toxic femininity earlier. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I that kind of piqued my curiosity how would you describe it uh, you, we hear a lot about toxic masculinity but not a lot yeah. about toxic femininity what would what would toxic femininity look like
1: toxic femininity is seems innocuous on the surface and that's why there's no resistance to it it's been institutionalized in the form of institutional feminism where mm-hmm. they can um they, you know, there's a, there's, a, you know, it's anti-science. It's man-hating. It is um, enabling and and turning a blind eye to female narcissism and female abuse. It is the kind of neurosis and pathology in our in our society that has allowed um, the multi-billion-dollar gender violence industry. To to cover up that women kill and abuse more kids than men you know like 60 percent right. of the child killers are men but we only have kira's law that's demonizing fathers and further marginalizing father so it you know it's you know like i've seen men's rights i don't know if i, I, have to, I would have to show you the graphic but um you know the toxic femininity is dogma basically you know and, and using feminine wiles to you know uh the feminine energy the feminine dynamic to basically gaslight us, you know, it's complicated, but I have it. you know, it's hard for me to articulate and I'm usually pretty verbal, but it's, it, it, you know, it's, you know, it it is, it, 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 you can see it institutionalized in the form of, of anti-science, Mm-hmm. This persecution of fathers, despite the fact that it's harming our children, because apparently this is more important. You know, pandering to these kind of left asleep women is more important than than stopping child murder. That's that that's toxic femininity, right? There.
0: Right, right. Yeah. Well, the reason I ask it's it's just it's something that has come up. Uh, I started a men's group here, just kind of a support group for guys uh, looking to kick more ass in life, become better versions of ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, be more entrepreneurial, better in our family life and better fathers, that sort of thing. And one of the things we talk about is the difference between positive and, and negative masculinity or toxic masculinity. So to speak. there you is know, a, yeah, there is a diff, there is toxic
1: femininity and toxic masculinity and toxic, yeah. you know, positive you know, both genders. But the problem is, is that it's been institutionalized where we criticize what, what men are doing, you know, where's the pushback on toxic femininity besides sure. what I'm doing? Like, yeah. unless it's another woman, you can't like, it's really difficult for a man to do it. Right. And, right, and right. not get shut down and just be, you know, you know, uh, dismissed as a misogynist, which is why I've stepped up to do this. I've realized that if I don't do it, there's not going to be a man that's going to be able to do this. Mm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, So you, you, you started, you know, kind of down this road of, of advocating for men. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you just talk about some of the ways that, um, that men are, I guess, alienated or um, I don't, I don't know. How, how would you describe men's issues? Yeah, Yeah, marginalized.
1: There's, There's a whole host of issues that are marginalized. That are extremely important and they're always put on the back burner of these non-issues that leftist elite women i call them the leftist elite women that's what i call them you know but they they have decided that the priority is the wage gap which is not real Hmm. okay and you know and and transitioning children and mutilating children like they that's this is toxic femininity and then the real issues that are happening to you know that are they're much more substantive like men's very high suicide rates for example right this high we see all these Fathers on father's rights groups and they're dropping like flies and this happens every day. They're killing themselves and it's really obvious and like anyone with half a brain could see it, but it never gets, you know, it never gets talked about in our federal courts, whereas all, you know, like it's obviously that there's a link between the systemic, you know, uh, you know, marginalization of fathers and, the, and our enormous suicide rates for men. I mean, right. there's obviously a link, okay? And 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 if they want to go to you know the Winnipeg Center for Men's uh, Men's Issues in Winnipeg, well, that center is you know funded by a particular ideology, and that man will go there to get help, and and then he will um, <clears throat> he will that they they will give him a free psychologist, and then that psychologist will give all the information to that woman's lawyer, the woman's lawyer in that case, oh right? Oh my god. Yeah, and if he goes there for help, which is feminist-funded, he will. Uh, and he's been sexually assaulted or a victim of domestic violence. He will be treated like a perpetrator and gaslit. He's the problem, right? Right, right. So you know, the man will be railroaded into suicide. This is happening all the time in our institutions, and then the blame will be, well, you know, it's it's patriarchy. You know, toxic right. masculinity made him kill himself. This is hmm. this is the insanity that we're living with. So the high suicide rates, the clear discrimination against fathers in family court. You know, despite scientific evidence uh, there's a strong correlation between father uh, fatherlessness and you know extreme dysfunction that's affecting all of us like high crime rates and poverty right right um so there's the the extreme discrimination men are like what, like 90 of the unsheltered homeless like we can every if you go outside is you know like there's women that are homeless a few of them but they have an option to go to women's shelters there's one in every city if i if i'm in a city I will get com- comprehensive care. Like I'm not going to have to live on the street and the women that are on the street, it's because they're not listening to the rules at the women's right, shelter. Right. It's not because it's nothing there for them. So 90% of the unsheltered homeless are male and and, and their lives, lives seem to be completely worthless because they're not performing. They're objectified mm. because they don't have, they can't provide money for a woman and ch- women and children, right? They're mentally right. ill with something. Um, the 90, 93% of the workplace deaths are male and that's not an issue, you know, that nobody seems to care about that—the safety of men at work and, and and the impact of that father's death on their children—you know, like that's not an issue apparently. Right. So there's a whole host of issues. I mean, men get six times the time the same for the same crime as women, or are twice as likely to be convicted.
0: There's right. all these
1: issues that are are substantive, and this always gets put on the backburners. I don't know of, of some sort of like whatever the leftist elite women want to put on the on the front end. That's what we have to deal with, and anything that's substantive, you know. You know, their psychosis, that this is toxic femininity. They have a grip on our establishment. They're very well organized. And I'm trying to take our establishment back with education and support about what this is doing to our children. And if you're not, if you don't care what they're doing, well, that's why the children are, you know, you know, women are killing and murdering more children than men are. Hmm. And does your children matter to you? Like, if you don't care about men's issues, do you care about their children? Because this is what's happening to them.
0: Yeah, is that right? So, so women are killing more children. I I assume we're talking not about abortions here either. We're just talking about. No, I'm talking
1: about about children that are fully developed, and 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 you know the woman has an excuse. You know, feminists will have an excuse for her why she shouldn't be convicted, and she'll get a slap on the wrist after drowning a kid in the bathtub.
0: And it's not. And it's not postpartum depression or. Yeah, you know,
1: yeah, and and it's not true that men don't get postpartum depression a lot of parents get postpartum depression. I mean, you have to give up all your dreams, you right. know, to provide for this child now, and you have to be responsible. That yeah. doesn't just happen to women. That happens to men, but there's that's not an excuse to kill a child. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not willing to, you know, give women a slap on the wrist for this. I don't want to. That's toxic femininity. I would like to, you know, strike the fear of God into their hearts so that they are afraid to kill a child. That's what I want.
0: Wow, holy. Okay, so you you you, you, you brought up a lot of stuff here. I, I want it's to Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I want to I want to address each point, kind of. I don't want to lose anything here. Um, I'm going to read something to you. This is um, this is the platform I developed uh, when I was leader of the Libertarian Party of Canada because I recognize this fatherlessness stuff. Mm-hmm. As an issue. Uh, feel free to stop me at any point and clarify. I am saying that
1: you know, a lot of other issues that 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 feminists are pushing, like gun control, for example, for the school shootings, that's actually linked to fatherlessness. There's a really good book. It's called The Boy Crisis by Warren Farrell. Mm, and he points okay. out that the majority of these ISIS fighters and um majority of these ISIS fighters and gang members and school shooters, they're all raised by single mothers. This is not a you right. know a coincidence. So, you no, know, these feminists say that the gun control is the issue. That's toxic. Femininity. They're not going to, you know, I've, 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 I walked in my university, I walk by sometimes and I, you know, I go in there because I went to school there just for a good time to study or whatever on my personal time. And I hear these two, you know, young, young adults, these two ladies, these two girls, and they're, they're t- talking very loudly about gun control right? And they're feminists. And so I, I I walked by and I said, just to let you know, like those boys that you're, you know, you're blaming, um, they are actually, uh, raised by single mothers and their only argument against me, they were screaming at me was that that's offensive. Well, this is offensive. If you say that they're raised by single mothers, like they, they, and, and I said, well, you don't care about kids because these are raised by, you know, you seem more interested in your offense than, than talking about these children. And and the, 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 you know, their 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 whole strategy is to censor and silence anyone like me that ever criticizes toxic femininity and what this doing to our kids. But basically, right. they're look, you know, that's what we have in the universities is this kind of ideology, yeah. you know. And, yeah, and, and so, and so,
0: to- and so your claim here, Monique, is that um, that fatherlessness uh, increases. Um, the The likelihood of a, a, a violent
1: anything you can person. think of that's terrible, like any right. kind of yes. anything, poverty, crime, uh, dysfunction, uh, sexual transmitted infections, like whatever you want to think of, like whatever you think, what whatever bad that you can think of that's going to hurt our nation and our communities and our families, that's caused by fatherlessness right. and there's well, a uh,
0: Let me let me turn the question around then and ask it a different way. What's so great about fathers? I mean, what is a father doing that? Um, that a mother can't do, uh, for example. Why Why, why is the option so bad?
1: Yeah, I'd rather put it in terms of what can a father do that the state can't do?
0: Right. Okay. Basically,
1: what they're doing, right, is trying to replace fathers with the state. Okay. And that's been going on, you know since like the invention of marxism basically right so right. it happened you know i don't know if you realize this but this whole black fatherlessness epidemic never existed like th- those black black people after slavery they were very pro-family because their families right. had been sold in slavery and so after they realized that that was their strength is to go find their families and have very strong families and they were doing better economically uh post-slavery than white people were honestly because of their strong values and their and their ties you know even under the jim Crow law they were still doing better because they had the fathers all had the children all have fathers in their life to keep them on track and I believe the first black mil- black woman ever or the first woman not of any race of a millionaire was that black woman I can't remember her name I will get it to you but it, because of you know their strong work ethic and their their family ties all these things make people strong you know yeah and so at, at in the 1960s or 70s lyndon b johnson, that that uh democrat that radical leftist democrat president he said i'm gonna get all these black people to oh, he didn't say that he said the n-word by the way he said i'm gonna right. get all these n-words to vote for me for the next 200 years and so he went into these black neighborhoods primarily black neighborhoods and gave them uh told the women basically bribing women oh, you get more money if you don't have a man in the house right you get welfare at the great society act So that's replacing fathers with the state, okay? And the father, the state doesn't care about kids and women and their wives the way that men do. And that is the truth. You know, they're not going to bend over back. They're not going to work long hours. They're not going to check up on their kids. The way a state does not do this the way that fathers and husbands do. Sure what the providing and the protecting that they've been doing for 200,000 years in hunter gatherer societies. This is hormonally driven and gender is not a social construct. And I believe that that fathers are fathers cannot be replaced by the state. Okay. And that's what's happened. And look at the disaster. Is the evidence not obvious what happens when you remove fathers? What happened to the black people in, in North in, in America? What is the disaster that we see now and they're hurting and they're angry. And they had those riots, you know, George Floyd riots. I, I believe, I believe the pain and anger is real. We can see it there, but they are misdiagnosing what is harming them, you know, sure. and they're just going back to the Kool-Aid that, 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 of, 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 of uh, you know, this anti-father rhetoric because that BLM. So, so know, how, so
0: how did, how did we get here? How did we drive the fathers out of the homes? Like what, what are the mechanisms? There I believe,
1: that... I believe it is ideology that started in the university that I can see i mean that happened to me when i first i i come from a very ignorant working class background and i when i first went to university it was my desire to be educated i wanted to be a better person and improve myself and so i was like you know when i first got there i didn't have the critical thinking skills and these radical leftists pounced on me and they brainwashed me for a few years and it was hard because i didn't have an education to push back against it you know and that's where it starts you know, those girls I told you about in the university, well, I'm offended. And that's what they're being taught. You know, if you point, if you actually, they said that, I, they said to me, one of their argument points was that I don't, I don't, that people like me don't do peer review. And then I told them, oh, well, feminists don't know the meaning of peer review because they don't, because I was peer reviewing them. I was walking by them and peer reviewing them and telling them that actually they're, they're attacking these, these, these boys, these children for the school shooters. But I told them that it was actually, uh, they're raised by single mothers. And I have empirical proof for that. And so they don't know the meaning of the peer review, and that is important, right? And that's been right. lost in our university this ideological ideological agenda that started in our in our university. You know, um, mm. they have uh, taken over all of our institutions, and it's you know they're much better organized than us. And so, right. what I'm doing at Parental Alienation Canada is basically educating and, and offering mental health support simultaneously because we need mm. to do both. We need to educate people about this and also provide. The mental health support to get through this, you know, Um, but it's not going to, you know, like if you see the tobacco companies like 50 years ago or 60 years ago, you can see pictures of them selling um, cigarettes in the hospital and telling people that it's good for your mental health. And this is exactly the same dynamic. Like there's a there's an information misinformation campaign against fathers by toxic femininity. by based on ideology not facts or evidence and so they are much better organized like the tobacco companies once were and it's but i believe we can go faster to undo it because we have social media now to mass communicate we can go faster than in the tobacco company era you know, from the Atlantic slave trade era, where they spread misinformation to get what they want. It's the same thing. Like, you know, this is nothing new. And and people call me a conspiracy theorist, even though I have proof of all of this. Like, you can see it with your own eyes if you just open up your eyes. Like, and, you know, how is this anything new? ever Like, this dynamic is nothing new. The spread of misinformation for a profit motive and for a power motive. Like, I, my yeah. family's from the netherlands and we watched the nazis spread propaganda to promote you know they spread misinformation that was to brainwash everybody i mean not when, when when you have a special interest group that has an agenda they spread misinformation like how is this so so hard to believe like it's obviously like it's it's, it's nothing new we've seen this this pattern many times in history
0: so right. you know yeah, yeah and, it, and it's not just um you know misinformation now that misinformation has turned up in in form of law right like um you know one of the things that was interesting to me was reading about the divorce act uh, the, the the kind of the change right mm-hmm. and here's what here's what uh, is written in the libertarian party platform that i wrote uh, when i was researching this it, the divorce act of 1985 saw judicial reform that biased primary caregiver theory instead of presumption of shared parenting theory yeah. this ideological possession has courts asking the adversarial question who is the best parent instead yeah. of asking the question what is the best way for the child to maintain relationships with all the important people in their life yeah, well, the high yeah. Conflict,
1: the high, i call this the high conflict industry like my two main opponents in parental alienation canada and oppose everything i've been saying especially my supportive fathers would be the bar association Canadian Bar Association and also gendered violence, which have multi-billion dollars worth of, of losses if, if what I'm seeing becomes mainstream, right? So the Canadian Bar Association, the high-conflict industry, <clears throat> that's billions of dollars of billable hours for lawyers. For unnecessary custody battles, false accusations. I mean, family law is the most expensive type of law. I mean, the profit motive there is understandable. I don't know why it's not obvious. I mean, they've they've shut down the bar association uh, shared parenting bills from the Canadian Equal Parenting Council. That's the nonprofit that puts down the shared parenting bills. But there's been plenty of campaigns for shared parenting in Canada. You know, seventy percent of the uh, the polls show that seventy percent of of Canadians uh, support shared parenting you know, but they keep spreading this misinformation and we keep letting them talk to our politicians and brainwash them. They're much more, better organized. Like I told you, we need to get organized. And then gendered violence. Well, if people realize the amount of women abusing children and that, you know, they're they're spreading misinformation that fathers are abusive and that's how they justify women getting the the sole custody. But it's about, you know, they also get the, they also get, you know, women, uh, you know, that, that promote these theories there, you know, the multi-billion dollar gendered violence industry is, is also, you know, opposing this because it exposes that abuse is not gendered and people are not going to be so tolerant about children being abused i believe as they are with men being victims of abuse i believe people will be more sympathetic to the children if they realize that women are murdering more children than men and so if they lose this gendered violence uh narrative then they're screwed you know so those are the two groups that are opposing me um Hmm. and i know it's about the money i i was in a shelter a couple years or a few years ago i'm not going to tell you which one i walked in there And they invited me there because they were thinking maybe having some peripheral services for men. And they knew that I was involved with men's issues. And so they invited me there because I am a woman and I was talking to them. And then I brought up the Canada stats for gender parity for for domestic violence. And I brought up the high rates of rape and battery in the the lesbian community. And I said, well, you know, the way that you've got it structured right now, like none of these people can get any, um, you know, because you won't arrest women, you know, you won't enter any. And I said, what are these people supposed to do? if if they need help and and they can't come in and they know they're not welcome here. And then they threw me out of the shelter, right? And they told me it was about the money, and I know it is about the money. Gendered violence is worth billions of dollars. So any woman that, you know, like it's, it's not just, you know, it's not just men they throw out of there. Like if you don't, I'm, you know, the but Monique,
0: Monique can't men just say they're women and get into a woman's shelter now though. And <laughs> I'm sure that, that right? that's,
1: yeah, I'm sure that that, yeah. that can happen. Yeah. But you well, know, like well, that, that did think, happen
0: in Windsor. I mean, there, there was yeah. a guy that uh, sexually assaulted a, a woman, in a woman's shelter by claiming he was yeah, female. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of women being wronged by this. And I'm hoping right. that that's, you know, uh, the women, are louder than the men and i'm hoping right. more of them will will you know now start sympathizing with this because they're being affected too
0: yeah yeah, yeah. uh let, let just for my audience here and monique feel free to chime in on anything th- there's a list of of things i have written here about um inequality before the law where mothers have rights in family law that men don't and i'm going to go through them here the right to conceive a child take- sorry
1: i'm just going to take notes on this okay so. sure
0: There's the right to conceive a child through force or fraud. And Monique, I can send you this uh, afterwards if you want. Uh, So what I mean by that is men are obliged to pay child support regardless of whether a woman lied to them about being on birth control or Mm -hmm. pressured them into unwanted sex. Teenage boys who have been raped by older women are often obligated to pay child support when they reach the age of consent. Uh, The next one, the right to damage a fetus by engaging in substance abuse men are obligated to pay Section 7 expenses that arise through maternal substance abuse. The right to secretly entrap a man into fatherhood. The prevalence of paternity fraud appears to be between 5 to 15%. Duping a man into believing he's the biological father of a child is not criminal and does not necessarily negate his obligation to pay child support. The right to abandon an infant at birth. The mother has the right to abandon their child at birth with no questions or strings attached through secret adoption or dropping the child off at designated locations. And in doing so, she waives all financial obligations to the child. Biological fathers don't have the right to waive financial obligations, nor do they even have the right of first refusal to custody of the abandoned child. The right to alienate the father from his child. A woman can keep her pregnancy secret from the biological father and years later decide to sue him for retroactive and prospective child support. The right to deny or disrupt access between father and child. While non-custodial parents have the right to access the child, these rights are not enforced like child support. Police will not enforce normal access orders and mothers can ignore court-ordered access with impunity in most cases. The right to make false allegations against the father. Mothers who make false allegations or accusations of child abuse or domestic violence in order to gain a custody advantage can expect to face no repercussions. So those are all the different rights that women have under family law that men do not have. Do you have any comments ceremony?
1: Well, there's a lot to cover there. Um, some of them um, are not exactly true because we have a lot of women that are subject to false accusations too. Sure. And uh, are alienated. So that's not necessarily true the the bar Association makes money off false accusations regardless of your gender and so we have many LGBT targeted parents women parents and uh the bar association bar Association is about money and they, they uh they'll go after anyone and, and they you know the feminists are uh you know this this feminist ideology a patriarchy theory specifically goes after men and know there's definitely a particular bias against men because I think because men usually have more money and it's more lucrative to go after a man but they'll take women's money And they'll take uh, LGBT money. It doesn't really matter for those kind of things. So like the right to make false accusations and the right to deny access that happens to women and LGBT parents as well. And we do have those parents in our group and they're suffering exactly the same way. Mm. Um, So, but you're right. And so we need to, you know, we need to revamp the entire family law system. What I want to do is have an equal shared parenting default Right. And I want to take away the profit motive because that's going to make it easier for me to get re- get everything else that I want. If I can, you know, the reason why I can't get anything right now, any of the reforms, is because of uh, of the profit motive. I believe it's billions and billions of dollars. Like, how can people deny that that's a motive, right? It's billions of dollars for these billable hours for false accusations and and and, uh, right. and all this litigation. It's an industry of psychologists and social workers and all these you know all these people getting involved in people's personal lives after they divorce and separate. You know, and creating a conflict and a problem. I call it the high conflict industry, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so that part of it, we need an equal share of parenting and we and we, we only, you know, the, 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 the benefit of that is that um, if both parents have equal power in the system, if one parent does have a personality disorder or wants to alienate, it's going to be a lot harder for that one alienating parent to block medical records, you know, so the parent can make the other targeted parent can make a, can make a medical appointment and pick up their child from school. And, and, you know, basically the both parents have to be assumed to have equal power at the outcome. And I believe that the, right. removing the profit motive and all the billable hours will be a powerful momentum to, you know, equalize that part of it. Right. Those things right there. Um, well, well, from, yeah. another, another
0: thing that I thought of Monique too, in the thing that, that seems to be playing against um I guess, peaceful or productive resolutions in divorce is that, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of the, of the state being involved in marriage to begin with, you know, we have to go there for licensing that there's, there's a legislation and act uh, and no fault divorce, for example. I mean, this turns contract law on its head, right? I mean, if one party can unilaterally break a contract and not only not have to pay any consequences for it, but actually get rewarded for it. I mean, that that is a That's violation of, of contract law, right? And, and so it seems to me that we should just return marriage to a private uh, arrangement between uh, two parties usually a man and a woman and, and there should be terms of the contract and what happens if there's a, a dissolution of that marriage and, and yes, and I all agree. that stuff should be laid out ahead of time and should be talked about as a couple. Uh, but instead what we have is no one ever talks about that stuff. No one ever talks about what what's going to happen when we divorce. Cause we don't have to think about it because there's this big body of legislation out there, the divorce act uh, stuff about child support, all the, all this, that stuff is laid out. So we don't even have to consider what's going to happen if this marriage dissolves at the up the upfront. Now, now, no other time do I enter into an agreement or a contract with someone like a business arrangement. Well, we not talk about hey, what if things go south? How are we going to deal with this? What's the best way? You plan for that stuff. You know, you you uh, ex expect the best, but prepare for the worst. And, mm-hmm. but we, don't, we never do that. We never prepare for the worst in family. We never yeah. even talk about these sensitive issues and maybe if couples started talking about this stuff, maybe they would first never get married or they'd have a very clear understanding and agreement about what's going to happen in the dis- dissolution of the marriage. What, what's going to happen with the kids, what's going to happen with the finances, all this stuff should be talked about up front. And mm-hmm. so getting the state out of marriage and, and moving it back to like private contract Law, just like all other kind of contracts, I, th- I think would have a very positive effect in terms of uh, what we're talking about here.
1: Yes, yes, I agree. For some of your other issues, I mean, there is a lot of things here that are um, I would say we have to first identify that there's difference between men and women, you know, like right. we're not even we're not even there yet. like apparently, you right. can't say that men and women are not the same. you know <clears throat> we to to work out all these issues, we'd have to first identify that that women and men have a different biological role for conceiving children, right? Right. And then think about what's fair, right? So in the hunter gatherer society, which we've been living in for most of our history um, we were living in a way that women were completely reliant on men. You know, women Mm -hmm. were pregnant. There was no birth control. This is all new. Okay. All the new technology to make things convenient for women. Like, you know, safe abortions and, and and birth control, you know, dishwashers. I know that, you know, people get offended if you say that, but that is all true, right? Like this is, and and same with, you know, this Marxist construction where you can, you have a woman, uh, you know, kick out the man out of the family and the government's going to take care of her, you know, financially or whatever. You're going to withdraw child support from an unwilling father, you know, this is all new, right? So women are taking advantage of it because women are, you know, programmed to get as much resources out of a man as possible and manipulate him because that's how women used to take care of their kids you know right. they were vulnerable there's no birth control in right. hunter gatherer and, and men
0: well uh, and also men are programmed to provide i mean we yes. want to we want yes. to give and so you know i suspect that that's the high, the heart, high right? rate of male suicide might have to do with the the fact that man i'm giving you every everything i got and i still can't give enough what good am i as a man if i can't I, well, I have no you know, connection with anyone. I have no connection with the woman yeah. or my well, kids to, and I'm a resource. I'm not family. even a good resource object. I can't even provide all the things that are being demanded of me. You know, what, what point is there going on? Yeah, you, know, there's very,
1: you know, because of, you know, toxic femininity and, and, and what they've done with this, this ideology is they've taken away anything positive about being a man. There's no positive way for a man to be a man. Like he's not, he's no longer respected as a husband and a father which I think is very destructive. And I don't want, I want to, I, I want to rewind that. And I want to, you know, um, I want to get the respect back for husbands and fathers. And, the, and, and that's why I'm very outspoken about how important fathers are. And that's why I argue with those girls at the university about, about what single mothers are doing. It's the single mother's fault. It's not the father's fault. It's right. not the boy's fault that he's killing. You know, he's a school shooter. He's angry because we heard him. Hmm. He's angry because we heard him and he's a child. I need to he defend, he, he's a child and he, de- he deserves my protection as an, I'm an adult woman. I am, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a child. I can defend this child. And so that's what I did. But, you know, so, so for all these points that you have, these other points outside of the um, things that I believe are gender neutral, which is the false accusations. I know that happens to everybody in, in family court, but um, uh, paternity fraud. So we would have to first established that men and women are different, which is a very controversial thing for me to say, you know, and that we evolved evolutionary biology and hormones are real and it affects our behavior. Right. And women are evolved to extract resources from men. And, and that was necessary in the elements for women to behave like this. And it's not women's fault, but we, you right. know, like the self-awareness of women to understand why we are the way we are and the self-awareness of men to understand why the way we are. Okay and like Camille Peller she's a dissident feminist and she always wants to shake her fist at the at biology but she's not she's not anti science which is why I like right, her right. i mean she's not denying what's real about hormones right she's not denying our hunter gather past she's not denying that there's this secret army or this 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 invisible army of men that's actually keeping all the women propped up right now. There, it's right. the men working in the coal mines. It's the men doing dangerous, all the dirty, dangerous jobs that do get paid more. Is done by the army of, of invisible men. So men are still providing for women, even though these women, these feminist women that are you know uh, that are you know that are you know staying home with 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 six kids from five different dads i mean and getting paid for it Hmm. they're pretending they're independent women but they're they're not going to admit that this invisible army of men is still providing for women just like in the elements right it's just it's just been it's been kind of hidden by this manufacturing the social manufacturing of the hundred years but really we're the well well, and it (laughs) seems
0: to me you know that this idea that uh, of extracting from men um being the default kind of biological ingrained it's an impulse and even i get it it sometimes sure even i feel like that sometimes. well and and look men don't mind it either right we we our impulse is to provide and protect yeah and and, and so that's
1: self-awareness it's self-awareness that we need to have Admit well
0: (laughs) or, or and i mean here here's what corrupts that though i mean that that's that's a fine symbiotic relationship to have we, you know, I as a man have no problem providing for my wife and my family, and uh, you know, and, and I I, pref- I like the respect I get back as well, right? It's like we're grateful for it, right? Yeah, but but, I mean, but the so difference is way. the difference here we're talking about now. We enter big government, and now I can extract from a man without having to respect or like or treat them well. Right. In fact, if I treat them like shit, I, I get the same amount as if, you know, I treat them well. In fact, I might get more than if I treat them well. And, um, you know, and and so now I, I don't have to, I don't have to contend with, with, Um, any kind of discontent in my relationship at all. Right. Like if we, if there was some kind of conflict in the relationship, if we don't have big daddy government there, we're going to have to sort it out as two people and it might not be a comfortable thing to do. We're going to have to have a difficult conversation. We might actually have to make some compromises and, you know, I think at, at the end of that, we'll become closer and more intimate and actually our relationship will be better because that kind of conflict and re- resolution and stuff actually brings people closer. But now when you're confronted with that conflict, Monique, and, and that discomfort, all, all you have to do is say, I don't want to I don't want any discomfort here. I'm just going to end this relationship, get my payday and and move on to the mm. next hedonistic impulse I have. And 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 so there's nothing wrong with that desire to extract resources from men. But there is something wrong with doing it by force through the state, and this and so the state here is the issue, uh, not not the women per se.
1: Yeah. So the original family law uh, system that we had, you know, in Victorian times and before, was called coverture, and that was the original family law, and, I, and you should you should look into it. Okay. okay. And it's it's been misrepresented by revisionist feminist history. Okay. So they say that, that women couldn't own property, that there was just a patriarchal oppression to, you know, marginalize women and they had no rights. And it wasn't quite like that. Okay. Under Coverture, women could own property and do many things as a femme soul when they were single, when they got married, everything they had transferred to their husband. Okay. And that was because the man was also required to pay for absolutely everything. He was the one that was supposed to pay for the kids and provide for the wife. The wife could get a right. job, but she wasn't required in quite the same way, like legally required to actually provide use that money to pay for the kids the way that the man was. So there was a balance between uh rights and responsibilities. Yes, the man got all the the material stuff from the marriage, but he was also required so then as feminist agitation has gone on over the last hundred years what they are doing is they are saying okay women need more and more and more privileges but no responsibility and then this is the this is the result that we have now after all this agitation after 200 years okay you know I hear all these feminist women saying oh well, women couldn't own a credit card yes they had to ask their husband for a credit card why because the man had to pay for it that's how that worked, okay? So you know, and now you see women running up their credit cards after a divorce, and they spell, still, now they're expecting their husband to pay for it, right? Like you know, right. through spousal or a child support, okay? So that's the problem: is that this ideology of toxic femininity is not understanding that the reason why it was set up that way is not because of men's oppressive attitude towards women, but because they were had a responsibility to provide and protect for women. And right. that's why it was set up. And we didn't have the technology. We didn't have anything to provide and protect for women except for men for a long time. Okay. And so it wasn't a patriarchal, like, you know, conspiracy against women. It was just the way it was, like, in, in the elements. Like, there was no other choice. That's how we survived. Okay. And and the Neanderthals, if you look at that species, okay, they had more of an egalitarian work ethic. And guess what? They're, they are extinct. Okay. Right you know, they have pregnant women, vulnerable women hunting mastodons. Okay. Are you kidding me? And dangerous animals and doing dirty, dangerous works. Whereas human beings have shifted all that risk of the dirty, dangerous work onto the male. And it's worked out for us spectacularly because we're the most successful species on this earth. Right.
0: You know? Well, that, and that reminds me of a Robert Heinlein quote that, that all societies are based on rules to protect pregnant women and young children. All else is surplusage, excrescent. Adamant luxury or folly, which can and must be dumped in emergency to preserve this prime function, as racial survival is the only universal morality; no other basic is possible. Attempts to formulate a perfect society on any foundation other than women and children first is not only witless, it is automatically genocidal.
1: Well, women are the bottleneck. There's been sure. there's evidence there's evidence um, that our population was down to like six thousand people after a natural disaster, like a supervolcano. We don't need that many men. To reproduce, but every right. woman's body's body sure counts, right? right? And we still right. see women objectified for their bodies, right? And yeah. that's that's you know, and that men and feminists have been very outspoken about that. And that is true that women are objectified for your body, you know, and you don't, women don't really need to work to be valuable the way because your body makes you valuable right. if you're a woman. But a man is a, is also objectified, and that's why they're homeless if they're sure. not working, right? They're disposed yeah. of.
0: Yeah. Well, so, men are, so, so. men are, men are resource objects and women are sex objects. I mean, that's
1: so all these yeah. issues that you brought up, you know, it would take me another couple of hours to work on it, but first sure. we would have to establish that, that there's a difference between men and women to even go into this and what right. what's there. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's quite a long time we've talked today. We can go into this. Yeah, but, you know, for I sure. Well, well I'll tell
0: you what we've, we, we've, you've given us a very uh, interesting, uh, I guess, introduction into this thing. Like uh, my, my mind is, I mean, you, you, Dump. You gave me a fire hose of information here that I think yeah. a lot of us are going to be digesting. So I'm going to definitely have to have you back on to dive into some of these specific things and and talk about how we how we work our way out of it. This. I mean, well, you
1: know, you said the fire hose, but it's it's actually these ideologues that have put up the fire hose of bullshit, and it right. takes me a long time to, to 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 come back with you know explain it. And I, I have to start at the very beginning that men and women are not even the same. Sure. Like, and that seems ridiculous, but I have to say that. <laughs>
0: Well, and and I mean, thank you for the work you're doing too, because it's it's work uh, from people like you that has, you know, kind of made me, uh, I guess, address stuff in my own family where I see these kind of feminist cultural memes coming out, and you know, whether it's in the way my daughters are talking about their their boyfriends who are, you know, gonna their significant other. I mean, they're on on the path to marriage here, and just like addressing some of this stuff about like respect the man you're with if you don't respect him don't be with him but if you are with him and you respect him you know respect him and respect what he's bringing to the table and yes it's different than what you're bringing to the table you don't want him to be a woman like you are you don't want him to be feminine you don't want him you know you have to decide do you want him to provide resources or do you want him to be there and be your girlfriend and and be a shoulder to cry on all the time like if, uh, yeah, yeah I, I think
1: it's I think it's really funny when I hear feminists say that they don't want the beta male like they, they said that's they say that's what they, they want to emasculate all these men, right? And that's right. what they're saying from an ideological standpoint. But then when they're actually getting into a relationship, just watch them do the mental gymnastics about why they don't they don't actually want this emasculated man. Because That's not, that's not what women actually want. That's not what women want. Want a, a strong man. You know, it's right. true because they are more useful. They are, you know, and, and we know that. And and that's what women are attracted to. So, you'll, yeah, you'll see these feminists make all these mental gymnastics, why they don't actually want the, this emasculated man. I think it's hilarious. No self-awareness whatsoever of these women about how they actually feel.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so, so you know, it's it's been um, important work for me because it, it's just like, okay, look, we're not the same as men and women at all. And and we need to respect the differences and respect what's what we're bringing to the table. In fact, Monique, to me, um, well, the, the whole, um, let me put it this way. The traditional father is interested in boundary enforcement, gathering Mm. resources, external threat vigilance, our heads on a swivel when we're out the family, um, you know the, the the traditional mom is cared about cares about nurturing the least of these, encouraging sharing in the family, caretaking the family environment. Uh, you know these these two the kind of feminine and masculine uh, focuses are. Perfectly complementary to each other and needed. I mean, you, you know, if, if the man can protect and create a, a bubble of safety, all he wants. But if there's no no love in that bubble, no nurturing, no caretaking, then it's it's pointless. The a mom can be as nurturing and caretaking and loving as she wants, but if there's nothing protecting that and feeding that, uh, providing resources for that, it's going to be it's going to be pointless. Mm-hmm. And so these these two forces and notice that they match very closely over the political realm, too. You know, on the left, you have people that want mom in charge. On the right, you have people that want dad in charge. Now, you can tack on ideology onto that, and it corrupts things even more. But to me, Monique, it's no uh, coincidence that at the same time, we have third wave feminists and men's rights activists at each other's throats. At the same time, we have skyrocketing rates of divorce and men and women at each other's throats in marriage. We also have hyper partisanship and the left versus the right. Uh, at a, you know, and, the gender, and, and a the gender gender war, war. All, all those things to me are part of the same kind of fractal. And, and what I hope to talk with you a bit more about in, in a future episodes uh, is how we heal that from the bottom up, you know, how, what, what could I do in my family now that I'm aware that this energy and this, this uh, force is going on in the world that's trying to, to pit men and women against each other as enemies uh, to be at each other's throats. How can i actually reverse that and create connection and love intimacy and protection and and keep those goddamn evil forces out of my yeah, domain exactly. right so I, that's something i'm interested happy talking. to talk
1: to you about this i i mean i've yeah. been in gender politics for eight years and i'm definitely a contrarian and i'm very you know i'm very much myself and a contrarian and i'm uh because of my background you know dealing with toxic femininity i'm i'm i'm, I'm a force to be reckoned with with these toxic females as well. So, awesome. Yeah. Well, well,
0: tell my mm. listeners again uh, where they can follow your work and and find out yeah. more.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm doing gender neutral parental alienation. I'm trying to unite all the targeted parents because I don't believe parental alienation itself. This kind of narcissist, narcissistic abuse. You know, we have to get all parents on board. So I don't exclude anybody based on race mm-hmm. or gender or anything like that. At the Parental Alienation Canada, it's it's all child focused at that group, and I'm 100 focused on the children family reform for their sake and to, uh, support and care for them. So yeah, if you want to find me on parental alienation, Canada, uh, I can give you a link afterwards or I can. Yeah. Post- and,
0: and folks, I'll put the link down in the show notes. So you can just click on it. Okay. Perfect. Okay. Monique, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on. I look forward to chatting with you again about how to yeah, solve this. Anytime.
1: I'm um, happy to pontificate. I'll t- take care. <laughs> I
0: love the pontificating.
1: <laughs> yeah.